Welcome to the Horse Health Podcast with nutrition news from agapenaturals.com. In each episode, we bring you advice and strategies from our team of horse owners from across Colorado. Keep horses healthy, performing well, and looking great. For additional feeding tips, visit us online at agapenaturals.com. I'm Heidi Malacco, and today we're going to talk with Katrina Wright of Peachy Farms, and she rescues animals, including many horses. So we want to talk to her a little bit about her experience with that and all the wisdom that she has gained through doing that. And she has a great philanthropic aspect to all that she's doing, taking these animals to different places so that people can see them and enjoy them. So welcome, Katrina. Thank you for having me. Awesome. Well, thank you for chatting with us. So tell me a little bit about you and how you got started in all this. I think I was thrown into this. I don't think I really had a choice in the matter. Um, It just kind of happened. I was showing poultry. I was just doing a homestead, helping at people's places. I loved the animals. And um, next thing I know, I'm rescuing a herd of 12 alpaca, and then I have goats, and then all of a sudden I have 13 miniature horses, and they just kept rolling in and rolling in. And we realized the need for a farm animal rescue. If you look around, there's not very many places that take in farm animal rescues, and the ones that do are overflowing or busting at the seams. Tell me a little bit about how you grew up with horses. What was your background before doing all of it? Always had horses. We boarded. I had a Pergeron that I did just about everything on. I jumped him. I did rodeos on him. You name it, I did it. Um, I showed cattle when I was younger. My family is a big rodeo family. The Wright brothers are, everybody knows the Wright brothers in the PRCA rodeos, and I'm lucky enough to be cousins with them. And it just kept going on and on, and I finally had an opportunity to um, have some alpaca and show them. I was showing chickens at the time. I was living in Aurora. I had like four backyard chickens that I would take to shows. And then it just exploded one day. And I got more animals than I could have ever imagined. This is a dream life. Um, some days I won't tell you that. Some days I will tell you that I'm right. going to sell everything and leave. <laughs> tell me a little bit about becoming a farrier in the midst of this. When I graduated high school, everybody's like, you have to go to college. You have to go to college. I'm going to go to trade school. They're like, well, what are you going to do? You're too little to do any trades. I'm I'm five foot one, maybe 100 pounds if I eat a couple cupcakes. Um, <laughs> and I said, I'm going to go to farrier school. You can't do that. Why not? It's hard to find a good farrier. So last year I went to the Wyoming School of Horseshoeing, and now I can say I'm a certified farrier. I prefer to do barefoot trims, but I can do shoes on specialty cases if needed. And that became a huge scenario when we opened up the doors for miniature horses. We were farm animals. If you had miniature horses or horses, go talk to Drifters, Hearts of Hope, Denver Dumb Friends League, any of those. And one day I was like, nope, I'm going to do minis. I like minis. And now Mm -hmm. it takes me about a week to get all the minis done when we do them because most of ours are abused and scared. So I have to teach them how to stand there, that I'm going to pick up their foot and I'm not going to kill them. Um, I have a miniature mule that it took me six months before I could even pick up her foot. 
what barrier is going to come out and help you with that? Be that patient. So I I was very fortunate that I was able to do that and that it was going to play such a big role in what we do. That seems like a perfect addition to all that you're doing and something that would be pretty cost prohibitive with all of your rescues and probably gives you a way to uh, save a little bit if you're doing it yourself putting in some sweat equity. It saves me about $800 a month. As most self-sufficient as possible because that's what allows us to have the extra money to take in these extra animals that are, we call them crisis cases, where they have nowhere else. So tell me a little bit once the animals are there and have been rehabilitated and in the talks that we're going to do, we'll talk about what you do to get them to the right weight and the right health. But what do you, what is your ultimate goal? What do you love to do with these animals once they are healthy? Well, so these animals end up having two or three routes depending on what they are. Obviously, I would love to keep them all and love them all forever. But that takes a lot of time out of the day to have everyone stay. Um, so we plan on three different routes. They either go to a foster home. These are more for our really scared young animals that really just need some love. Um, we'll send them off to one of our amazing fosters to just love on them until they start to feel comfortable. Um, from mm-hmm. there, they come mm-hmm. back, and this is where a lot of our other animals start. They can either be adopted out, and these homes are some of the I have never met so many amazing people that come and adopt these animals. I mean, it's truly amazing. Some of the homes that these animals go to, they are spoiled rotten. And then the other um, direction is we train them and they stay here at Peachy Farms. And this is how I get my fix. I don't have to give them all up. Um, (laughs) And they're trained to be therapy animals. And these animals go to senior centers and schools and libraries, and they're truly educational animals. How many kids would love to see a pony walk into their classroom? Or um, I have a 91-year-old woman who literally is my heart and soul. She makes me so happy. And she used to raise alpaca, and now that she's bed-bound, it makes her day to have an alpaca or a miniature horse or any of that walk into her room. It is truly a blessing what these animals do. You've gone through quite a bit to be able to take your animals into nursing homes and schools, right? What did you have to do to get that approval or that rating? Well, it's not an easy task by any means. Um, Our insurance to do this is out of this world. Taking a pony in with wheelchairs is never an unnerving task. It always has us on edge. (laughs) Right. All these animals have to go through intense training before we even think about taking them anywhere. We work on the guidelines of a lot of other organizations, such as Seven Oaks, Therapy Miniature Horses, and Pet Partners. All of these have guidelines and testing that they have to do to pass these therapy animals. Well, as of right now, we have over 56 animals, so sadly we cannot go through their program. Um, but we test all of our animals on the same guidelines if we were, and all of the handlers Mm -hmm. have to go through courses as well to make sure that this is the safest environment we can. And this is kind of where it's a make-it-or-break-it situation 
And this is how we decide what animals can be up for adoption and what can fit into the program. We may okay. have the best miniature horse ever, super friendly, super lovable, but it's scared of tile floors. Well, it doesn't fit that into would the be a problem. program, but I could, I could provide this family with such an amazing animal that their kids can play with and will be a constant friend. And so it's not fit out for therapy work, but there's this amazing family here that wants to take them. And so that is truly where we're a little bit de different. We give these animals options, and we try to fit them into the best area for what they are. I have a couple animals that are here on the property that are resident animals. Um, they've bonded to either me or my mom or my dad, and mm -hmm. they don't do well with any other people. And they're not therapy animals. They can't be adopted out, so they're our personal pets. And mm -hmm. it's because it's not safe to throw them into these situations. And so our animals are really spoiled in a way. Um, they tell us what they want to do, and we figure out how we make it happen. <laughs> That's a great philosophy for that. That's awesome. So tell me how people can find out a little bit more about what you do. How can they find you? There's quite a few ways to find us. Um, Facebook is my main go-to. That's where I post every day. That's where our animals are for adoption. That's where photos of our nursing home visits are. And that's also where our events are posted. Um, on another note, we have a website. All of our adoptable animals and their stories are posted there, along with how to book a therapy visit. And um, we've reached out and started to do birthday parties as well. And on that, it also has all of our resident animals and some of their stories. Great, great. Well, you are great at keeping everybody up to date, and I love seeing all the photos of the different animals. So I hope everyone will take a chance and follow you and find out a little bit more. I hope so, too. Trust me, the cuteness overload on Facebook is constant. <laughs> That's great. Well, thank you so much, Katrina. Of course. Have a great afternoon. Thanks so much for listening. Please note that all interviews include the personal opinions of our guests. For more feeding information, please visit agapenaturals.com. And as always, consult your veterinary professional to find out more about your horse's needs.